Reality stars are certainly not known for being boring. After all, their job is to keep our attention. But that's television. In actual reality, some stars get a little too reckless with their behavior. And then they have the attention of the police. There's no turning the channel to escape the run-ins with the law by some of our most beloved reality stars on this list, and some are much darker than you'd expect. That definitely applies to number one. This person went on a television show to become a better person, but reality caught up to him and so did the law. all you weirdos, welcome to Crime Countdown, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Ash. And I'm Elena. Every week we'll highlight 10 fascinating stories of history's most engaging and unsettling crimes, all picked by the Parcast research gods. This episode, we're counting down the top 10 reality star crimes. So if you know even literally a dash about Ash, <laughs> Elena told me to say that. I was just going to say, if you know a little bit about me, I was like, you mean a dash of Ash? A dash of Ash. Then you know that I am absolutely entrenched in reality television at pretty much all times. I live it. I breathe it. I love it. Someday I'll be it. I have zero doubt. Real Housewives of Boston. <laughs> and I can confirm that she's telling the 100% truth about that. I am. I also, I do love reality television when I need to like get away from anything. And that's what's kind of weird because I look at it as an escape from reality, but it's literal reality. I know like it it's is. in the name. Like I can watch the Housewives be completely reckless and just ridiculous and feel completely neutral about it. Just sit there and like sit my coffee and be like, yeah. And be like, yep, that's Kim Zolciak. Yeah, that's the beauty of reality TV, I think. It really is an escape because their version of reality and our actual reality are not one in the same. Worlds apart. Very different. <laughs> I actually have a few housewives on my side of the list. Ooh. Some of my personal favorites, actually. But then when we get to number one, we're walking right out of Andy's clubhouse and straight <laughs> into the land of MTV, where things are somehow even more bleak. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, they had, what was it called? Date your mom. Date my mom. Date my I mom. I think it was on MTV. Yes. So, and that was an actual reality. So, so, you know, there's that. Like, does it get bleaker than that? Strangely, yes. Okay. Well, then I'm pretty excited <laughs> to hear your side of the list. Because, guys, that's how this whole thing works. Elena has five reality star crimes, and so do I. But neither of us knows what's on the other's list. Let's start the countdown. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. I'm Tanya Mosley. In 1987, my sister Anita vanished without a trace. Decades later, thanks to DNA, we found her. But that's only the beginning of the story. She Has a Name is a new audio documentary that explores the search for redemption, confronting trauma, and healing in the face of unimaginable loss. Subscribe now to Truth Be Told Presents She Has a Name where every revelation brings us closer 
to the truth. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. Search To Die For in your podcast app to follow the show. Ten. I'll start us off with number 10, Dance Mom star Abby Lee Miller. Abby Lee is notorious for her temperament and controversial coaching style on the Lifetime reality show, Dance Moms. But what lands her in the true crime spotlight is her 2015 indictment on 20 counts of fraud and being sentenced to a year in prison. That'll do it. Abby Lee Miller is the founder of Abby Lee Dance Company in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She and her dance company were the focus of Dance Moms for eight seasons. Oh yeah, they were. I you used, watched that? I used to watch every single night, had to find out who was going to be on top of the pyramid, had to find out who was going to get a solo. Was it going to be Brooke? Was it going to be Chloe? Was it going to be Maddie? You know, you just never knew. You know what? I don't because I did not watch <laughs> this show at all. Oh my God, it was so good. I, I've definitely heard of it. I've seen like clips of it. It horrifies me in every way that something can horrify me, especially now having kids. I'm like, I don't understand this at all. Yeah, I would like to point out that I was like a child when I thought this was a good show. Now as an adult, I cannot watch an episode because I'm like, that's not okay. Yeah, that's not okay at all. Yeah, I don't. I just all I know of her is she's like very loud and angry and mean to kids. Yes, that's that about sums up Abby Lee (laughs) Miller. Okay, cool. Because from the clips I've seen, that's all I've. I got from her. She stays wild in. Now, right before her TV career started, Abby Lee filed for bankruptcy. She allegedly owed more than $400,000 in real estate taxes. When Dance Moms debuted a year later, she started bringing in some money. Money that she would later be accused of not disclosing. Not okay, Abby. No, her lawyers claim the show was not a reliable cash cow like people think. Enough to make payments to the IRS, though, maybe, I feel? Definitely. Uh, like, perhaps? Around 2013, a judge in charge of Miller's bankruptcy reorganization plan came across her new show. Abby's Ultimate Dance Competition. Which I also watched. Of course you did. That judge wondered why her reported income was so low. And it turned out she had multiple ways of not reporting the dance mom's money, including having the production company pay her mother instead. Wow, when you bring your mom into it, that's yeah. messed up. And this isn't one of those things where it's like, oh no, I messed up. It's like, I went through many hoops to make this as shady as possible. Yeah, to avoid paying my taxes. When the IRS and the FBI investigated how much money Abby Lee was actually making, she was charged with 20 counts of bankruptcy fraud, including concealing assets and making false bankruptcy declarations. I never understand how people like do things like this. You're not going to get away from the IRS. The IRS is so scary. They are the scariest organization. Just don't. I'll never mess with them. Don't attempt it. Don't do it. She allegedly hid almost $800,000 of income altogether. How do you do that? You're not going to get away with that. Like a girl. That's a lot of money. $800,000. That's almost a million. Yeah. 
Plus, she brought back $120,000 worth of Australian currency from Australia that she didn't report, and had her employees smuggle into the country into Ziploc bags. Like, I'm not shocked, because no. that's how wild this woman is. She is wilding. Abby Lee was sentenced to a year and one day in prison, plus two years of supervised release. She reported to a correctional facility in California in 2017. Her sentence was cut short at eight months. She was released and hospitalized in May 2018 after doctors discovered she had spinal cancer. Abby Lee underwent chemotherapy and emergency spinal surgery. She still runs Abby Lee Dance Company to this day. A busy woman. Very busy. Nine. At number nine is the Real Housewives of New York star Luanne de Lesseps. Countess Luanne, as she's also called, was arrested in Palm Beach, Florida in 2017. Luanne had gotten a little too drunk and ended up being charged with assaulting an officer and resisting arrest. She claims it was all part of an emotional breakdown, so to speak, because of the history she had with her ex-husband and the city of Palm Beach. But then she doubled down on her crimes. In December of 2017, it had only been a few months post-divorce from her second husband. Luann had married her husband back in December of 2016 in Palm Beach, so back at the scene of the crime. Luann admits emotions came flooding back, telling Bravo's The Daily Dish, quote, This was my first time in Palm Beach since my wedding, and being here brought up long-buried emotions. Which is fair. Yeah. You we know? all watched it play out on the... And it was season. horrible. Like, that was a terrible situation. Please don't tell me it's about Tom. Yeah. It's about Tom. It's about Tom. That's horrible. It's about Tom, man. But those emotions expressed themselves through some wild behavior. Early Christmas Eve morning, police were called to a Palm Beach hotel. Luann was arrested for disorderly intoxication. It happens. <laughs> but during her arrest, she also decided to assault a police officer, tried escaping the patrol car, and made threats, reportedly saying, I'm going to kill you all. Eek. <laughs> Not a good night or a good look for Luann. <laughs> yeah, that's a yikes moment. It is. She was charged with battery of an officer, disorderly intoxication, resisting arrest with violence, and crimes against a person. Luann said in a statement, quote, I want to offer my sincere apologies to anyone I might have offended with my behavior. I feel like maybe take out the might there. Yeah, like you definitely offended you some definitely people. definitely offended a few and people. And like change sincere to sincerest. <laughs> offended slash assaulted. Yeah, like, you know, just fix it up a little bit. Get a new PR person. Yeah, there you go. Now, in 2018, Luann accepted a plea deal. She pled guilty to battery, trespass, and disorderly conduct, and entered into alcohol treatment centers and programs. But in May of 2019, Luann was ordered back to jail for violating her probation after she failed an alcohol test. Luann. Luann. She was later released and completed her probation back in August 2019. In an interesting twist of events, her arresting officer later went to jail and was being investigated for charges including tampering with evidence and false arrests and imprisonments. Oh, He's, okay. Yeah, I know. He's since been ordered to serve 13 years in prison for false drug arrests. Hmm. And you know what Luann had to say about that? What did she have to say? She told E, Karma's a bitch. You sure did. And later teased that there might be more to the story, saying, quote, I think I'm going to write a book eventually about this whole thing so people know exactly what happened to me. Do it. 
you know, sometimes life's a cabaret, sometimes it's not. Sometimes. And you know what? Any book that comes out of Bravo, I'm like, all right. Oh, I have all of them. <laughs> all right. My bookshelves are like filled with Bravo books. Bravo. Bravo. Eight. Number eight on our countdown of reality star crimes is Jersey Shore's Mike the Situation Sorrentino. Not to be outdone with financial fraud by Abby Lee Miller, Mike the Situation Sorrentino, who made a name for himself on MTV's Jersey Shore, found himself in prison for evading taxes on nearly $9 million in income. That is a lot of cash for the IRS to not notice, and they did. And they always will, guys. Nine million dollars? You really think they're gonna be like, huh? Did, Are, did we mess up like a decimal point or something? Like that's, no. But the situation, you know? Yeah, he is a situation. Exactly. Well, the situation was one of the cast members of Jersey Shore, which ran on MTV from 2009 to 2012. So for six seasons. And it's like still going with a ton of I spin-offs. know, there's all these like, yeah, little spinoffs. The show was similar to the real world, but with a group of friends who already knew each other that usually spent the summer together in a house in Seaside Heights. In 2014, two years after the show ended, Mike and his brother Mark were both arrested and charged with multiple tax offenses. So a family thing. You know, siblings <laughs> hanging out. Keep it in the fam. As we mentioned, the charges were related to $9 million in income. That is a lot. Mark, the brother, so not the situation. He's the sibling. He was in trouble for helping prepare Mike's fraudulent tax return. I feel like these people, because they make so much money, just like lose their grip on reality. I honestly think that's the... Because I think it's... They think they are above reproach yep like nothing's gonna happen i have all this money i can get myself out of whatever mm -hmm. i need to get myself out of and i think they start forgetting what they do with it where they put it oh yeah and i think that they want to like hoard as much of it as they possibly can so oh, yeah instead of like not buying as many luxury items they just don't pay the government and it's like what are you doing just like put back one of the bags, pay your taxes, and, and I, move on with your life. Because now you're just going to lose it all. Exactly. You know? Everybody always does. I don't know why people think they're going to get away with this. It's like when you think you're just going to fix someone. It never works, yeah, man. you can't fix just him. Let it go. Well, Mike's defense team argued that his struggle with drug addiction during that time severely clouded his judgments. The courts didn't buy that. I could see that. Yeah. October 2018, the situation ended up pleading guilty to tax evasion as part of a plea bargain with prosecutors. He was sentenced to eight months in prison and two years of probation. His brother pled guilty and was sentenced to two years in prison and one year of probation. In prison, Mike claims he formed a special bond with President Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen. Not to brag. Yeah, that's not a brag <laughs> That is at not all. a brag at all. I would not I admit that like, out loud. <laughs> I, you know what? I made a friend. Just letting you guys know. Ooh, yucky. <laughs> not a brag at all. Seven. At number seven this week is Teen Mom's Kiefer Delp. Being a young parent definitely has its challenges, which is what the reality TV series Teen Mom was all about. One of the show's stars, Janelle Evans, seemed to always add more challenges to her life on top of being a mom. 
It didn't help that her ex, Kiefer Delp, who maybe made good TV, was also arrested for making meth. Forehead slap. Like, come on, Kifa. Come on, Kifa. Teen mom is exactly what it says. Young mothers, their boyfriends, or the fathers of their babies trying to navigate being teens and parents. MTV really nailed the title. Yeah, they didn't bury that lead at all. They did not. I also have been watching Teen Mom since it came out. Thank you. Can confirm she has. (laughs) Now, Kiefer Delp was Teen Mom star Janelle Evans' infamous ex. Plenty of viewer opinions to be found online. And if you want to talk to me after the show, just hit me up. (laughs) Their relationship was messy to say the absolute least. The absolute least. Like lower, 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 lower than the least. Magma. (laughs) That's where we are. Yeah, the Earth's cortex (laughs) is where we are. Now, the couple became known on the show for their Bonnie and Clyde-esque antics, but I don't, Bonnie and Clyde wouldn't even be pleased to hear that. Yeah, they wish. While they were together, they were arrested for breaking and entering and drug possession. After being off and on for a while, the pair officially split in 2016. A real tragedy. Yeah, so sad. But in 2018, Delp was arrested for uh, operating a meth lab. Okay. He was hit with six charges, including possession of methamphetamine and possession with intent to deliver. He pled guilty to three counts, operating a meth lab, possession with intent to deliver, and risking a catastrophe. I didn't even know that was a count. I didn't either, but I love that it is. And he also agreed to serve 18 to 36 months. He was released in 2020, but was arrested only six days later. Kifa. Kifa. He's staying staying true to himself. He truly is. He jumped bail to visit his hometown Salem in New Jersey. He was released, but was arrested again later in the year for a parole violation connected to his meth lab case. My goodness. Kifa doing the most at all times. Always. He told his Twitter followers in February 2020 that he was headed to a halfway house in Pennsylvania and that he, quote, made the right choice. Hopefully he does. And in March of 2020, he told his followers that he was thinking about getting a Zen garden to help him feel more centered. And Get I hope, it, Kifa. I hope he did. I hope he did. I hope that's all he needed was just a Zen garden this whole time. That's it. Six. Also on our list at number six is Scott Monogid from Property Wars. Scott Monogid was a ruthless house flipper on the reality show Property Wars, but his TV-ready grit and determination to be successful may have led him down a darker path. After his time on the show, he got himself into a sticky situation when it came to money and was indicted and sentenced for multiple fraud schemes. Property Wars was a Discovery Channel show which aired for two seasons starting in 2012. It featured Scott and others bidding on foreclosed homes without ever seeing the inside. I've never seen this one. I haven't heard it, but it reminds me of like Storage Wars. Oh yeah, I and used I to watch Storage yeah, Wars. Yeah, it's like the same kind of premise. Like yeah. you bid on it without seeing the contents. That's like, I feel like with Storage Wars, that's a little more exciting. It is. Cause it's just like one. <laughs> with a foreclosed home, it's like number one, really sad. Yeah. And, and you just don't know. What's what's gonna be hiding what's, in there? What's behind that door? What's lurking in those walls? I don't know. But I feel like the characters on these kind of shows are always like chef's top, Just kiss. top notch. Oh yeah. Now, CNBC reported that before the show, Scott wanted to be, quote, the king of house flippers. We all have aspirations. Every kid grows up thinking that. After the 2008 housing crisis, he went around and bought up abandoned properties for cheap. His success with that helped him land on the show. 
Now, I think everybody can agree. I don't think there's like a whole bunch of cool and collected property managers or investors walking around out there. I've never met one. I personally have not met one that's like cool as a cucumber. So no, I'm going to go ahead and say Scott is probably like, again, wildin'. Yeah. Now, year, years later, in 2014, Scott was in over his head with his business plan. So he started scheming the banks to keep the business going. Never you a know. good idea. No, when you have to start scheming the banks, it's probably not a good idea. The Department of Justice reported that Scott orchestrated, quote, multiple fraud schemes resulting in more than $30 million in losses. Whoa. Scott embezzled from his own real estate investment business and retail furniture stores. He also ran an identity theft scheme using the info of the deceased. Ooh, that's yucky. Yeah, it got real gross real fast. And used a lot of the money to keep up his very lavish life filled with million-dollar homes, luxury cars, and travel. I don't understand how you feel good about, like, living a life like that if you haven't earned it. That's, it's like, you're, you're using dead people's identities. Right. What? And you're embezzling from your own company? While you're driving down the street in your luxury car that you bought with their identity? That's not even yours. No. So in 2017, Scott was indicted and received 17 years in prison. Good. After Scott's sentencing, an IRS agent said, quote, For a crime that did not involve violence and did not involve the transportation and sale of narcotics, a 10 to 17 year prison term on a white collar crime that involved mostly loan fraud is a huge sentence. I was going to say that. That's a huge yeah, sentence. Yeah, it's a lot. Scott Monogid is currently serving his time in a federal prison in Arizona. Wow. So I didn't know who Scott Monogid was. Yeah, I had never heard of him. But that dude really went for it. He absolutely did. Yeah. Everybody else on the list I've known so far, and I have been having a great time in case anyone was wondering. (laughs) Just in case. I love this countdown. Just in case it was not clear, Ash is living right now. This is the dream. Yeah, I'm ready for for your number one. Oh, it's I want to know who it is. It's a lot. Because I thought the situation was bad. When I saw Abby Miller, I was like, oh, that, that was bad. I remember that. Yeah, we're headed down a dark path. Oh, boy. The most urgent mysteries in the world are missing persons cases. The stakes are too high not to pursue every plausible possibility, and some implausible ones too. I'm Sarah Turney, host of the new podcast, Disappearances. In 2020, after spending years searching for the truth, I used social media to help bring justice to my sister Alyssa's nearly two decades long disappearance. Now, every Thursday on Spotify, I'm exploring the many reasons people disappear and the impact their absences can have on those left behind. From child abductions and mystifying murders to those who took drastic measures to start over, each episode of Disappearances journeys through a different high-profile missing persons case, ripped from the headlines and ripe for explanation because no one just vanishes into thin air. The answers are out there, waiting to be found. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast Disappearances. Hear a new episode every Thursday, free and only on Spotify.
five. All right, let's jump back in with number five on our countdown of reality star crimes. Starting off the second half of our list is the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star, Kim Richards. This is the second Real Housewife on the list, but that's not the only thing Kim Richards and Luann de Lesseps have in common. Richards' run-in with police also involves alcohol, resisting arrest, and somewhat of an understandable trigger of how they got into the situation in the first place. And also like Luann, Kim also gives us a criminal sequel. The first incident with Kim happened in Beverly Hills in April of 2015. On an episode of Watch What Happens Live, Kim told host Andy Cohen, quote, I drank that night, no excuses. She claimed she only had one drink at her daughter's home that night, and as she was driving home, she got scared. This is when she was three and a half years into sobriety. Kim said that her daughter lives just blocks from the Beverly Hills Hotel, so she just pulled over and went inside. Honestly, sounds responsible. Yeah? Kim ended up sitting in the restaurant bar area of the hotel, which was closing, and Kim says an employee there told her she had to leave, but she asked to stay. The employee then threatened to call and then actually called the police. Kim was arrested and charged with resisting arrest, public intoxication, and battery on an officer. She explained that there were a lot of stresses in her life at the time. Her son was sick, her ex-husband was battling cancer, and the tabloids were all over her. They really were. Like, yeah, I they felt really bad for were. her when this That's happened. That's really sad. She took a plea deal, three years probation, 30 days of community labor, 52 weeks of Alcoholics Anonymous, and she had to stay away from the Beverly Hills Hotel. A few months later, Kim was back in jail for allegedly shoplifting almost $600 worth of stuff from Target. After pleading no contest to one charge of petty theft, she was sentenced to three years probation, 300 hours of community service, and 52 weeks of Alcoholics Anonymous, and she had to stay away from that target location. Same as her previous I was just going to say, that is exactly the same. Exactly. The judge decided the community service and AA requirements only had to be met once and would not be doubled. I was literally just going to ask that. I was like, wait, so did you have to do 104? Yeah, no. The judge was like, you know what? You already had to do that, so just keep up with it. Kim took these arrests as wake-up calls, and she spent time reflecting and repairing her inner self since. And she looks great. And you know what? That's all you can ask for. Exactly. Make it right. She did. She made it nice. Four. Landing at number four this week is America's Next Top Model contestant, Renee Alway. The America's Next Top Model finalist ran into a lot of serious trouble with the law after her season. Renee received a heavy sentence for numerous crimes that include weapons charges and burglaries. It was all part of a dark spiral that she says came from being on the show and choices she made. Renee placed third in season eight of America's Next Top Model in 2007. But after the show, she says things went south, telling the local ABC station in Palm Springs, quote, it was just closed door after closed door after closed door, and that was really hard to take. I felt like a failure because I couldn't get past the reality TV stigma that had been put on me. And then there's the pressure of the fans. Where are you? What happened? It's almost like a setup for failure. There are plenty of girls who were eliminated and they're doing just fine. So obviously I made choices that brought me here as well. 
where her choices took her was using drugs and getting arrested in 2013 after a six-hour standoff with the police in Palm Springs, California. Renee had apparently been involved in numerous break-ins in the area. Cops were called when she was spotted wandering around outside a house with a gun. Oh. A year later, she pleaded guilty to charges of the burglaries in Palm Springs, vehicle theft, being a felon in possession of a firearm, and identity theft, which landed her a sentence of 12 years in prison. Oh, man. Then she raised a lot of eyebrows when she showed up in court with a shaved head. Renee's sister told TMZ at the time that the new haircut was Renee's attempt at a fresh start. Also, like, why are people that concerned with her haircut? It's like Like, she shaved her head. She wanted to. Renee was released from prison in April 2018 after serving five years of her sentence. But she was arrested again only a year later on charges including assault with a deadly weapon, infliction of injury to a spouse, and violation of parole. When asked about getting arrested in Palm Springs, Renee said in 2015, quote, I can't even remember what was happening then. That's how bad it was. I have bits and pieces of broken memory about it. Well, that one was really sad. really sad. Yeah. It really is. Three. Number three on our countdown of reality star crimes is Mob Wives star Angela Rayola, a.k.a. Big Ange. She was a larger-than-life character on the VH1 reality show Mob Wives, and while she wasn't a mobster in real life, she did make some very gangsta moves that landed her in trouble with the law. Not to mention, when asked why she did what she did, her answer is family. (laughs) I love her so much. Always. Forever. Big Ange was definitely the breakout star of Mob Wives, even though she wasn't a literal mob wife. She was connected to the mob through her uncle. Um, Did you watch Mob Wives? I only saw some of it, but I really know it through you. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen all of it and then some. Uh, Drita, what's up? In 2001, DEA and NYPD investigated mob ties to a drug ring in Brooklyn. Big Ange was one of 15 people indicted and found guilty in that probe. According to the feds, Big Ange was a close associate of the ringleader, and Ange sold cocaine at the Brooklyn bars where she worked, a.k.a. the drunken monkey. Oh. Yeah. Reportedly, she had 14 bags of cocaine in her purse when she was arrested. That's a lot. It's a lot, but it's Ange. It's a lot. It's Big Ange. <laughs> Anyways, she pled guilty to possession of cocaine with conspiracy to distribute and was sentenced to three months probation and four months of house arrest. She also had to enroll in a drug program. Big Ange wrote a book about her crimes. She wrote, quote, People ask me why I did it. I was a single mom supporting my family, paying $3,000 in rent. I did it for the money. I wouldn't do it again and haven't since. I learned my lesson. In 2007, she opened up the famous Staten Island bar, Drunken Monkey, Ah. like I was saying. It closed in 2015 because as a convicted felon in a drug case, Big Ange was not allowed to operate a business with a liquor license. Uh, That'll get you. I know. Also, 2015, sadly, Big Ange confirmed that she had cancer, and she passed away less than a year later. That's sad. When she announced her cancer, she said, quote, always look after yourselves and don't neglect your health. So she was looking out for all of she us. She was. That's good advice. And we'll just add, just don't sell drugs. Yeah, tack that on to the end. Yeah.
Oh my god, Big Ange. Big Ange. I that love was her. made for you. I love her so much. Ash loves Big Ange. It ruins me that she's not here still. I'm, I feel bad about it too. Yeah, yeah. But I'm excited to see what number one is because my number two is pretty good. I'm interested to see what your number two is because I thought it was going to be my number one. But then when I got to my number one, I was like, okay, that makes sense. But I kind of have a feeling I know what your number two is. That was a lot of numbers. But numbers. I think <laughs> lots of numbers, lots of feelings. I also am because I want to know what the top spot is because my number two is like, that might be the number one. Oh, okay. Let's, let's go. Number two, number one, number two. Let's do this. Uno, dos, uno, dos. We're down to the final two spots on our countdown of reality star crimes. At number two is Real Housewives of Salt Lake City star Jen Shaw. Knew it. Our third and final housewife on the countdown, Jen Shaw, is the volatile figure in the Salt Lake City cast. When the show premiered, Jen seemed intentionally vague about how she came into her wealth. Then, in season two, she was arrested for allegedly operating a nationwide telemarketing scheme aimed at defrauding the elderly. The opposite of Shawmazing. Yeah, that is not Shawmazing at all. Jen Shaw was first introduced on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City in 2020, and she immediately became a very polarizing figure. That she did. Fans started questioning her job and her need for multiple assistants that would be seen on the show. She told Access Hollywood in November 2020, People will come to me and I'll invest in their companies. So we have got a lot of different investments, all different kinds of things. I've been able to do it because what I've been able to carve out, the niche I've been able to carve out in the direct response marketing world. AKA a whole bunch of hoopla. All I heard was wah, 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 wah. She just keeps talking until people start to glaze over and then she's like, okay, you don't know what I do. It's literally one of those things where they say, just talk and you'll find like a question to ask in an interview or something like that. Yeah. But she just never did. No. <laughs> she never found it. She was like, here you go. That's what I do. Kept on tripping over it. So in March, 2021, season two of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City was filming when news broke that Jen and one of her assistants were arrested in Utah. September 2021, the episode aired, featuring federal agents surrounding a bus that the cast was taking on a trip. Dramatic. It was the best episode of The Real Housewives <laughs> in the history of the franchise. I mean, that's great television. In the history of all the franchises. They were probably salivating at being able to get that on tape. Oh, yeah. Andy Cohen was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Before the agents arrived, Jen got a phone call and actually took off, but was arrested shortly afterwards. You saw this episode. Yeah, she gets a phone call from somebody who's not her husband saying that she needs to come get her husband because he's like sick or something. I think she said something about internal bleeding and then was like, but I might be back. I might be back. She was like, I'm, I'll meet you guys there. My husband might be internally bleeding, but I'll be right back. Meanwhile, no, Sharif was not. <laughs> No, she's accused of defrauding hundreds of people, mostly over the age of 55 in a telemarketing scheme. If you're targeting the elderly, you're a special kind of evil. Oh, yeah. And she even like, I feel like she looks like a super villain. Oh, yeah. You're super. You're a special kind of monster if you're going after elderly people. Yeah. Her official charges were one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and one count of conspiracy to commit money laundering. At the time of this recording, if she's found guilty, she could face serious jail time. 
November 2021, Jen Shaw's assistant changed his plea to guilty. Stewart. November 30th, 2021, Jen Shaw filed to have her charges dropped. She claimed statements made by federal agents in an ABC News documentary on Hulu violated her rights to a fair trial. And guess what? The judge said, nah. That is right, the judge denied her request. And that trial, as of this recording, is set to begin March 2022. One. And that brings us to number one on our countdown of the top 10 reality star crimes. From G's to Gents contestant, Baron Dirty Cologne. MTV's From G's to Gents took guys with questionable backgrounds and offered them the chance to win $100,000 to turn their life around. But for Baron Dirty Cologne, that was already going to be a huge U-turn because he came into the show a wanted man for murder. Oh, Yeah. Now, MTV really went wild with reality shows in the early 2000s. You had The Osbournes, Pimp My Ride, Punked, Jackass, Robin Big. Remember, we were like in the thick of it too. Oh yeah, like Jackass days. And they, you know, I mean, who didn't watch Punked? Everybody watched Punked. Who didn't watch Justin Timberlake cry? Raise your hand. (laughs) I actually forgot about that episode. That's a memory that will live forever in my mind. Elena and I literally just spent all day watching MTV (laughs) back then. We did. But I feel like we didn't see From G's to Gents. Like, I don't remember watching it. Well, let's meet MTV's From G's to Gents show and contestant Baron Cologne. CBS News said the show's purpose was to, quote, transform rough around the edges young men into successful gentlemen. The New York Times quoted the show's host as saying, A G is someone who feels that being hard and being tough is the solution to all situations. A G is someone who doesn't like to show emotions. That also sounds like a sociopath. That is a sociopath. Are you sure those are the same thing? No. I don't know. (laughs) Now, our G, Baron Dirty Cologne, was featured on the second season in 2009. His rap sheet included arrests for drugs, grand theft, and driving with a suspended license. So rough around the edges, perfect for the show. Also on season two of the show, rapper Riff Raff, who allegedly was the inspiration for James Franco's character in the movie Spring Breakers. Definitely was. (laughs) Like more than the inspiration. Barron said during the first episode, quote, I got two kids. I want to be in the gentleman's club because I want to change for them. If I don't, there's only going to be two things, prison or death. The issue for the 24-year-old Baron Cologne was that by the time he traveled to Los Angeles to be on the show, he was already a suspect in a murder case. Ooh, that'll do it. So a uh, spoiler alert here, it's prison for dirty. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. So the crime. January of 2006, authorities say Barron was a part of a botched robbery. He and two others broke into the home of an artist who reportedly kept large amounts of cash in his house. It's unclear what exactly went wrong during the robbery, but the artist was later found shot to death. Ooh. Yeah. Then in 2011, Barron was arrested after revealing details of the crime to an undercover informant. That'll get you. It will, every time. Details he revealed reportedly included talking about the specific weapon, the fact that the victim fought back, and what happened after he fled the scene. So he was getting into, like, serious detail here. Man. 
In 2015, a jury in Miami-Dade County, Florida, convicted Baron Cologne of first-degree murder, which comes with a mandatory life sentence. Wow. We're highlighting Baron Cologne, but a quick search for other contestants and winners from G's to Gents shows several criminal relapses. So, like, on his journey from a G to a gent, I would say he didn't even stay a G or go to a gent. He just is the worst at all times. He went off the grid. Yeah. He, like, he's off that little little binary line. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely didn't didn't do it. There was no journey to be had. Yeah, I'd say uh, murder is number one. Yep, murder will always murder. land you at number one. Yeah, murder's always going to get you. And when I had Jen Shaw at number two, I was like, oh, how is this not number one? Yeah, now but I then, know. <laughs> now I know. That's how I felt, too. Yeah, I would say that they definitely were right in that one. Yeah. And I'd, I was questioning it. I'm going to be honest. Parkhouse Research Gods, I was questioning. Personally, I would like to thank the Parkhouse Research Gods because this is my favorite episode that we've ever done. This was a gift for you. For Truly. sure. Like, these are my gifts. Yeah, these, these are my gifts. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. Yeah, but we could definitely do a part two. But I know there's a part two in there because I know there are some that as soon as we stop recording, I'm going to be like, wait a second. This is also my official request for a part two. Thank (laughs) you. I was going to say, I think that's just us saying we would like to do part two. Please. But these were wild. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Remember to follow Crime Countdown on Spotify to get a brand new episode delivered every week. You can find all episodes of Crime Countdown and all other podcast shows for free on Spotify. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. And if you like us, which you do. I know it. You do. You do. You can follow us, or you can listen to us on Morbid. And you can follow Morbid on Instagram at Morbid Podcast or on Twitter at A Morbid Podcast. And we hope you keep it weird until Monday. Crime Countdown is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Anthony Valsic. Fact checking by Cara Mackerline. Research by Chelsea Wood. It's produced by John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Jonathan Ratliff. With production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We're your hosts, Ash Kelly and Elena Urquhart. I'm Sarah Turney, host of the new Spotify original from Parcast, Disappearances. Every Thursday, join me for an exploration into history's most gripping missing persons cases. Following timelines, analyzing clues, and piecing together as many answers as possible to find the truth. From prison breaks and child abductions to second chances and even murder. We'll journey through the many reasons people disappear. Follow my new podcast, Disappearances, free and only on Spotify. Spotify.